Welcome to the Teensy Leader Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Stephen George. Hi. Hello. Welcome <laughs> in. Thanks for having me. This is cool. This is the first time, so it might sound weird and awkward. but First time uh, podcasting? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. You Actually, listen- no, wait. I did one with uh, Our Town Reno. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what was that for? Um, That was for Rotten Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the one... Her name's Ariel. She just wanted to follow up and see if I was doing anything new mm-hmm. and how the premiere went and stuff. Because they kind of they uh, took a photos that I had on Instagram and they mm-hmm. made a little post on it. And I was like, "Oh, cool, that's mm-hmm. neat." So, uh, so Rotten Apple. Maybe we can jump in right there. Oh, yeah, okay. You're a filmmaker. Sh- yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Rotten, Al- Rotten, Rotten Apple is a film that you have made. Yes. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So Rotten Apple started as a – initially it was going to be like a – I wanted it to be like a Cronenberg sort of body horror thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I quickly realized that I – wouldn't be able to do that because practical effects Practical effects yeah. are very expensive. I tried to do a few things like on my own and it just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. So turned it more into like a, uh, I don't know, like a, not a thriller, but like a psychological sort of, I don't know, experimental drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> What's the log line? Um, let's see what I've been telling people. It's about a naive girl that, um, a naive girl. What is it? How did I word it? Her life changes after a, uh, seemingly innocuous purchase of a television from a thrift store. Uh, yeah. So it kind of plays into whole like this whole like a uh, hypochondriac sort of feeling you get mm-hmm. watching you know anything. Probably more news stuff, but mm-hmm. there wasn't news that we used. It was she was uh, she started watching this old educational film about like pregnancy, mm-hmm. and she thought she was getting pregnant, mm-hmm. and so it just sort of you know. There's sort of some religious undertones to it, but it's not like a religious thing, really. Mm. Um, but it essentially is just a woman sort of losing her mind. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we can uh, take a step back for a moment. Okay. Tell me, uh, where are you from? I hail from Fort Myers, Florida. Fort Myers. The worst place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it the worst place on earth? Oh, my God. It's the... It's so boring. It's um, it's literally where people go to die. Mm. Um, I know people joke about like uh, Florida being, you know, just retire there to die. It's yeah. Um, it's just flat. It's humid as shit all the time. Winter is like two weeks long, and it gets down to like mid forties, mm-hmm. and it's just nothing but like department stores, and there's this food chain called Publix. It's a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And it's just nothing but those. <laughs> and so it's just, it, it, I don't know. For me, like visually, I like to, you know, like driving into work every day in Reno, it's like, oh, mountains, sky, things are looking different. There's season changes. It, there's just the consistent 
shit. <laughs> yeah. Why, why did you move to Reno? Was I mo- it straight from there to here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I moved here for graduate school. Um, <clears throat> I graduated from Florida Gulf Coast University in 2018, I think. Yeah. 2018. Yeah, 2018. And then I moved out. Yeah, moved out here for grad school right after. What are you studying? Chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you're studying chemistry and uh, what's your job right now? So I'm finishing up my PhD. Um, so with chemistry, it's um, it's not so much like class-based. Your first two semesters, you just take classes and get that out of the way. But then the rest of your time there is devoted to uh, research. Mm-hmm. The whole goal with chemistry, and I guess you could say like physics and math maybe, and maybe engineering, is to get publications. It's to kind of like round out your CV, your, you know, your academic resume Mm -hmm. and depending on you know reno's a little bit more lax in terms of like production of you know what you do in the lab but um you know some places like they have a requirement like you need at least one publication before you can graduate you Mm. so uh yeah i finished my classes and then you know i kind of just started right away as soon as i got here because i'm older and i figured you know I've wasted enough time in my early youth. <laughs> What's another couple of years? Yeah, uh, at least yeah. This you know and uh, yeah. So essentially, right now I'm just doing like I just do lab work pretty much mm-hmm. all day, and then I'm, I'm doing a lot of writing right now because I you have to write your dissertation, which mm-hmm. is just an amalgam of everything you've done in grad school, and then you defend to your committee. They say yay or nay if you can worthy of getting a PhD, <laughs> excuse me. And then, yeah, then you're off like a bird. So, so why, why chemistry? And then maybe you could follow that up with, uh, why filmmaking? Uh, I've been thinking about that. So the one thing that I think chemistry, especially the chemistry I like to do, which is organic chemistry, and like the parallel, not the parallel, but the the related with uh, filmmaking is problem solving because mm. you've made films, mm-hmm. right? What happens? Everything that can go wrong usually does go wrong. Yep. And then you have to kind of think on your feet like, okay, how do I fix this problem? Or, you know, oh, this location dropped out. What can we do to like cheat and get it to make it look, you know. How do you pivot? Exactly. And a lot of chemistry is that because when you're in the lab – nothing ever fucking works <laughs> yeah um and it just it takes a lot of just i guess resilience just to you know like we were talking earlier like it's impressive for anyone that like really put out a film mm-hmm. but like to put out a publication it's like kind of on the same level because the amount of you know work and like you know thinking intellect all that stuff that you know makes a good movie or you know a good publication like it just it's 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 there so that's how i kind of see them as they're similar but um i just i don't know i've loved movies since i was little um favorite filmmakers oh i have yes i hmm. let's see so i love david lynch he's probably like one of my top guys um and then after him um 
this has only happened like in the past six or seven years, but Igmar Bergman, I'm a huge Igmar Bergman fan. Um, I actually bought that huge, are you familiar with the Criterion Collection? Yeah. They made a, like his whole cinema, it's in like a big, thick, like DVD thing, cost mm-hmm. me like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's everything. You wait for the sale to get it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, there's like uh, Michael Henneke is one of my favorites. Um, recently, Ari Aster has been like really sort of inspirational to me. What did you think of Bo's Oh, I, I thought it was. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was. Everyone was like, eh, I thought it was. I mean, I really loved Midsommar. I liked it more than Hereditary. But I think Bo is Afraid is just so much more... There's so much to it that it's like... It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's so nice to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just... I don't know. I really like psychological things, like things dealing with the mind. And it's so, like, Freudian Mm -hmm. and Jungian. And like all these, it's just, it's so multi-layered that I just, I, I can't get enough. <laughs> um, when it, when it comes to that psychology wise, um, and, and filmmaking, you had mentioned, you know, that Rotten Apple is kind of about a girl losing her mind. Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of, um, where, where do these ideas come from? These, you know, these influences on psychology, do you, what kind of interests do you have in that realm? Um, I don't know. I mean, initially before chemistry, it was, I was going to be a psychology major and I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I just was always kind of interested in that type of, um, subject, just, you know, the different conditions and just, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a single, single kid. I'm a only child (laughs) and my parents are divorced so maybe there's some type of like I don't know repression thing I don't know. Yeah. Plus I feel like because I'm a anxious person. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I don't know. I feel like you know writing these things and like you know not necessarily putting like my whole self into it, but different ideas I've had, putting them into the to you know to the writing and to you know the filmmaking process. It's sort of like a like a cathartic type feeling where it's, you know, come up with something, you know, it's, I'm sure you've been through this too, where you write something and then you look at it, you're like, wait a minute. I know, I know where this comes from. I know what I'm trying to say <laughs> exactly to myself, especially. Yeah. 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 And then you, you look at it on screen and then it's like, uh, okay. It, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a visual sort of like representation of like what you're, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm mental. I mean, I probably am mental, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, those things interest me. I've always liked darker things and like, just, you know, weird things. Um, one, one more question just yeah. about your background before we keep moving into, mm-hmm. uh, filmmaking stuff. Uh, any sort of religious background at all? Uh, not really. Yeah. Um, I had a best friend growing up that was like his parents were super super strict uh religious people. I think they were Christian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and it was like they wouldn't let him do anything 
And I remember they baptized me. Not like they forced yeah. me, but they asked me. I was like, yeah, sure. And you just did it. I did it. And I was so scared too because I'm like, can I still like Star Wars? Because <laughs> I, was, I was little, you know? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you can like Star Wars. I'm like, okay, well, let's go. You're saved. <laughs> yeah. You're saved. You're going to heaven. Yeah. Look at you. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a friend that I was just talking to about religion. Uh, he told me he grew up Catholic. And I was like, what do you remember? And he was like, you know, mostly I remember being afraid of God. Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, ooh, that must be a lot of Catholic people. Yeah. I mean, Bergman, a lot of Bergman's films, like he has this like real sort of like love hate thing with religion. Although I think he didn't really care much for religion, but it was always a lot of the themes were in his movies and I read, I didn't finish it yet, but I read part of his biography and yeah, he had sort of like a weird, his, I think his dad was a priest or a pastor or something mm-hmm. like that. So he kind of had like a strict, strict upbringing in that sense, religious wise. Yeah. Um, and you can just kind of see it in his films. I only, I only asked the religious question just cause uh, you said you had some religious undertones in Rotten Apple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not religious per se, but I do I like I you know I find religions pretty interesting, mm-hmm. um, especially like the, those old like uh, like uh, one of the uh, God damn it the Swedes Swedish the Swedes what's the they had a religion not the, not the <laughs> pagans pagans yeah pagans like that stuff kind of yeah. interests me I think maybe that's why I like Midsommar so much is like mm-hmm. there's a lot of pagan pagans you know stuff in there mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just really like you know greek religion like mythology and stuff mm-hmm. um that stuff always interests me i'm actually reading um the aeneid right now by virgil mm. which is like a, I think it was like you could kind of call it like the sequel to homer's odyssey mm-hmm. so it's written in like oh, the, the, the iliad or the Iliad. I think it's it's one of them. Or did I mispronounce it? No, it's the Iliad. But he, yeah, Homer wrote the Odyssey and the Iliad, and then Virgil wrote the Aeneid, which I oh. think is Roman, not Greek. Yeah. Could, yeah. 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 You know more than me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it's it's really interesting stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of is religion, really, if you think about it. If maybe. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, uh, I I find storytelling to be re- very religious, yeah, very religious yeah. type of thing. Um, so I would definitely agree on that. And it seems to me that you're just very interested in stories in general. Yeah. Um, with with all of your different interests, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say during um, the psychology part mm-hmm. that I feel most people when they find something within themselves uh, that they might think is I don't want to say like a disorder, um, but, you know, something that's maybe off or uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. displeasing in some way. Yeah. Um, The more intense that is, I find a lot of people turn to psychology in a way of trying to understand, you know, and that's kind of what you're pointing out. It's just like, you know, I don't know if there's anything from uh, my background. The only things you really mentioned were (laughs) like your family and, and maybe having anxiety. Yeah. Right. 
Who doesn't um, though? <laughs> yeah, but that that's exactly my point is that, you know, some people have, uh, it's this varying degree mm-hmm. of, uh, like I said, I don't want to call it disorders, but, yeah. but disorders is a word that I'll use, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a varying degree of those things. And some people have more, some people have less. I feel yeah. like when the more you have, the more uncomfortable you are, the more you uh, are pushed towards those avenues of, of understanding. I Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And it, it I guess you could say it like... For certain people, like it helps them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll stop name, name dropping soon, but I know Lars von Trier, who's I love him. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, he's amazing. But he's got like he's a he's a he doesn't fly. I don't fly either. I hate flying. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of flying. <laughs> <laughs> why, um, why are you fly, Why are you afraid of flying? Uh, the last big trip I took, I went to. I, so when I was going for. Um, Grad school visits, mm-hmm. the university, what was it? New Mexico, not not the one in um, Albuquerque, the one in um, Las Cruces State, New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. Um, they flew me out for like a grad visit. It was just for a day, which is really annoying because you get there and it's like, hey, go, meet go, everyone go. and then let's go. <laughs> um, but when I left, the plane... So West Texas is like notorious for being windy. Mm. And we got on the plane and like it was so windy out that the plane was like it wasn't just like gently rocking back and forth. It was like wow 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 and I'm like oh shit. And we were about to take off and then the captain came on and he said we're going to taxi back because the wind's too strong. So we might have to sit here for like 45 minutes. I'm like okay. And then, like, five minutes later, he's like, all right, we have, like, a two-minute window. We're going to take off. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was, like, I – like, people's heads were, like, doing this on the takeoff. And I'm like, I thought, like, this was this was it. And I just started talking to the guy next to me. I'm like, hey, do you have kids? Like, I don't know, just make it small talk. <laughs> and he's just, like, reading a magazine. He's like, well, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I was just, like, white-knuckled the whole time. And I remember I landed in Dallas, and I, my girlfriend at the time, I called her. I'm like, I'm just going to rent a car and drive. She's like, no, get on the plane. So I flew back. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of those things that I'm sure a lot of people have done in terms of turbulence, but it's still like, ugh, I, I hate flying. <laughs> mm-hmm. The whole process. Yeah. Getting there, and then they shove you in the cabin, and you're just like this, and look, some guy puts his headrest back. It's a, it's, it's interesting for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Um, what was the, the first film you made? Oh, that was the tonight show. Not with David Letterman or Jay Leno or Carson. It was just the tonight show. Um, with some people I, I think you've worked with before, uh, James Jackson. I think I know him. Gray hair. Yeah. Glasses. I, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm, Great voice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're, f- I've met him before. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, Zoogie. I don't know if you know Zoogie. I Austin. do know Zoogie. Yeah. Zoogie. For sure. And I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, I took a transcript of, uh, there's this, like, I don't know if it's famous, but it's got a lot of views on YouTube. It's like interview with a catatonic schizophrenic. Mm. Uh, it was made in like the 60s. Later I learned it was actually just, not even a real guy like he was just acting wow so i'm like oh okay but it was a very strange sort of like back and forth between him and this uh psychiatrist 
so I just sort of transcribed it and tried to just throw in my own stuff on there, like basically make give the the schizo schizophrenic <laughs> give him the illusion that he's like on a Tonight Show mm-hmm. instead of you know he's actually being medicated. Yeah, and we just like I was like I, I got a camera, let's do it, and I was so afraid because I'm like. These guys are professionals. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And later, and just like with everything in life, you learn that no one really knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. You get good at one thing and, right, you yeah. know, that. But, like, you know, trying anything new is always scary. So, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, we shot it pretty quickly. And, yeah, I that was, like, my first experience with, like, working with actors specifically. <clears throat> Where did you end up putting that film? That's on my Vimeo page. I should put that on my YouTube. Yeah. 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 Well, anything that you have, we'll link it to. That's awesome. Uh, to to yeah. this. So if anything we're talking about, it'll be in the description down below. If it's on YouTube, we'll put it up. Yeah. A link that'll be easier on YouTube. But yeah. Uh, yeah. What about your, uh, let's go from there. Yeah. 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 Go for it in time with filmmaking. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's. I don't know. I, I I forgot what movie I saw where I was like, I want to try this. I think it was, um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. It might've been something like huge. I'm like, Oh, pff, I can do that. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to try it and you know, cause I've always loved film and art so much like growing up. I'm like, and I can't paint, I can't play music, but I think I could take good pictures and mm-hmm. just sort of like ties into that. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, it's the whole process of it, right? Cause you get to think of an idea or you really don't even think it just kind of comes into your head. Right. And you start tickling the keys mm-hmm. and then I don't know that that whole process of going from like idea to writing to seeing it is just so like, you know, I guess rewarding maybe mm-hmm. a little bit, although shooting can be a nightmare. I'm not a big fan of shooting, honestly. <laughs> Production is hard. It's hard. Like today was just. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what were you doing right before this? So I'm in the middle of, sh- we just started actually shooting the newest one I'm working on called Helpful Horizons. And we were on location at Pyramid Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like those pull-offs where they have those benches mm-hmm. and just looks out over the lake. Yeah. We were shooting there. And I've been there like dozens of times and usually there's like no traffic, maybe a car or two every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Today, for some reason, everyone in the world was out there Yep. and it would have been a much quicker shoot because we started at 730. We would have been done by like 10, 10 ish, 1030. We didn't get done till 1130 because cars, airplanes, just and then what at one you? point the the sun was blocked by clouds, so we had to wait like twenty minutes for the the clouds to move. <sighs> yeah, so it's like those things. <laughs> yeah, pre production is always like so nice. I know. And then the second you get to production, production, it's like that's when you test all your pre production stuff. Yeah. And then post is when you're like, fuck. You're like, yeah. oh, I wish I'd gotten this one thing. It's yep. like like. I, I always feel like post is like 70, 80%. Oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then there's that 20% where like 
at least half of that is, can I fix it? Yeah. And the other half is, oh, yeah. how do I fix it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, exactly. Pre-production or in storyboarding, like, oh, this is easy shot. You always storyboard? I just started, like, getting into it. I don't think it's, like, an actual, like, story storyboard. It's just more of, like, just kind of pictures where I kind of, like, just want, you know, like, I usually just draw, like, a, a circle with a nose to see, like, mm-hmm. where they're looking. Um, yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's, to me, I mean, indie filmmaking, right, it's pretty hard to follow your storyboard because when, you know, I don't know, in my case, it's... I usually storyboard before I have a location. So like, I don't know what, what the space is going to look like. If you can get the camera there, if you can, you know, what the lighting's going to look like. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I have a rough idea of what it, what I want it to look like. And then I just try and get to as close as, as I can mm-hmm. with, you know, l- limited problems, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, uh, so with writing, so with most of it, it's it's kind of this, you know, you have the conception, mm-hmm. you write it down, you come up with some semblance of, I kind of see it this way, yeah. and then you show up and that's kind of when you're like, okay, this is, I got it now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because once you get into the space, I know a lot of like um, filmmakers that are like that, like they just, they don't know anything really till they show up to the set or something. Yeah. And- Granted, those guys have a budget. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I heard that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of the wrong person, but I think Steven Spielberg is yeah, somebody yeah. who he shows up. He shows up. He shows up and he looks at everything, yep. and then he's like, "Okay, this is how we're doing it." Yep. Um, and I always find that very interesting because I'm much more of that Hitchcock, like I got it, you storyboarded, it. Yeah, yeah. and usually I have like. A method behind the madness of mm-hmm. like, oh, well, it's it's like, why can't we change this shot? It's like, oh, well, on the other half of the film, there's a shot that mirrors this exactly. shot. Yes, yes. You know, and, yeah. and something like that, you know. Um, so I always find it interesting, the the walk in the, mo- in the room method. Maybe you could speak on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, you know, I don't know, ever since, yeah, like since I started making the first one, it's like now when I go to a place like I feel like okay this has potential for something like oh I could put a camera here or do this or something like that uh, and not everywhere I'm not that insane but you know it's part of the part of the process I mean mm-hmm. not process but it's part of the, like the comes with the territory I guess yeah. um, but I don't know it's it's very like intuitive really plus it helps to have a huge not huge but it just helps to have like a um like a like a Rolodex of reference, references in your head mm-hmm. of like different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that really helps. Although Orson Welles says no, don't do that. Just do your own thing. But I'm like, yeah, but new things people don't really latch on the new things too easily but these days. You, a little a little both. <laughs> yeah, you can you can play with it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. mix that nostalgia yeah. with the new. Like with Bo's Afraid, right? Like the ending. I don't. Uh, yeah, you want a spoiler spoiler alert? I don't know. You just say, just say spoiler alert. Just spoiler like the next, alert. Like, if you a wanna, minute or two, yeah. if you don't uh, want to spoil Bo is Afraid, now's the time to just like skip forward. Yeah. Go get a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the ending, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's part defending your life 
I don't know if have you seen Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks? No. Oh, it's great. The guy dies and he goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then the whole time he's in heaven, he has a lawyer that um he has a lawyer and, and like a prosecutor where they look at different portions of his life and deem if he's worthy enough to like mm. I think go to a second level of heaven or something or mm-hmm. go back to earth. Mm. And the whole movie is like uh, who played who played his lawyer? The guy from Men in Black, not Tommy Lee. Urgh, that guy. Um, in uh, in Bo is Afraid. No, no. In, you're in, talking about in, in, in the movie you're talking about. Defending your life. Um, oh. Rip Torn. Rip, when you say Urgh, uh, who, which, <laughs> remember in Men in Black, he was Tommy Lee and Will Smith's uh, boss. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah okay, Urgh. yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's his lawyer. So he's the, whole, the he's a dodgeball wheelchair yes, yes, guy. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um Yeah, but like when you get to the ending of Bo's Afraid, it's it's that, right? There's he's got his lawyer that eventually they someone kills him. Yep. Uh but it's, you know, his mom's lawyer and the lawyer, or his mom and the lawyer, and they got this big screen above him and they're showing him like portions of his life where it's like you did wrong. And I'm like, that's that's fucking defending your life. And then it's also kind of all that jazz, mm-hmm. which. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that movie. movie. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Uh, right. This whole, that whole dancing at the end mm-hmm. before he dies mm. where it's like, okay. Yeah. And you can see like these, these references and like influences from, you know, with, with Ari Aster, it's kind of, he's got such like a huge, like library of movies in his mm-hmm. head. That I don't know. I feel like someone like that, it's probably easier for them to like think of a shot. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's why he can storyboard. Cause I, I know he's like a meticulous storyboarding guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, there are a lot of actors like that I have in class that I always have talked. I always point out someone like uh, Quentin Tarantino. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, he literally only speaks in references. Like that's how, that's how exactly. people say he directs. He's yeah. like, Hey, Remember that one scene from that one thing? Well, yeah. that's how we're doing this. And yeah. that's like every direction is kind of like that. Um, and then I'm, I'm trying to prepare actors for that eventuality that, you know, a lot of directors are going to be that way. Yeah. Um, some of them will say different things and mm-hmm. what have yous. But, uh, yeah, that Rolodex is is essential. It is. That's why and, you just got to watch a lot of movies. And, and I heard this thing the other day that uh, that we live in the age of curation. Now that mm-hmm. we're no longer in the age of information because there's too much information. There's so much information yeah. actually that we no longer like need to uh, just know it. We can just yeah. access it. Yeah. So we're no longer in the information age. Mm-hmm. We're in this age of curating all that info because it does exist. And the best people in the world, uh, the most influential, I should say, yeah. are the ones that you can look to. And be like, wow, you you know exactly where everything is. You can point to it. You've curated yeah, in yeah. this in this way, and so bring it back to filmmaking. You know, like that's just it. A rolodex of all these movies. Another thing too, like if you have a favorite director, right? You can mm-hmm. like, you know, they they interview all the time, and you can read their interviews or listen to their interviews, and they usually talk about who their influences are, and they mm-hmm. you know like, oh, these are my favorite movies. And you go look at their movies and then you're like, oh, I like this one. And then you just keep going back and back. It's just like a whole, it's like an endless table of references mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I can see where you got um, this type of look. 
it stemmed from, you know, X. And yeah. now here Steal it is. like an artist. Yeah, that old term. Uh, who was that? Picasso. Is that is that who said it, it originally? Yeah, I think he said. Uh, was it good artists something or other? But great oh, artists steal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good artists. I think it's like good artists create or make. Yeah, great artists steal. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and it was Picasso. And then I saw. Uh, one that like Picasso is crossed out and it says Banksy underneath. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's just like, yep. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a, yeah, a really good example of that is uh, Francis Bacon, mm. the artist. Mm-hmm. He's the one who made like those weird um, surreal sort of uh, disturbing paintings like meat, like a split like cow carcass and there's like a figure underneath it. Um, I, I, I think I'm thinking of the ones or the one that's I don't the Pope know if or something. I don't know if I'm thinking of the right artist. I'm thinking of the things that uh, a- that Alien was um, yes. inspired off of. I Is that him? It, no. It's like, yeah, no. they're like weird, like tripod looking things with yeah. like a mouth. Yeah, but. The, oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's yeah. not him. No, I think it is. That is him? Yeah. yeah, like when you said that, I was like, that. I feel like that's yeah. him. But if I read like a little bit of his bi- biography and he. He's like he was. He loved Picasso, mm-hmm. and like one of the first few of his paintings were just they're like not ripoffs, but you know, mm-hmm. that's very heavily influenced by Pablo Picasso. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of you know stole it and made it his own thing. And it's he's you know, if you want to be freaked out, look at Francis Bacon <laughs> paintings. Genius guy, but yeah, he had a crazy life. <laughs> Um, what's the, the name of your production company? Oh, I, I just threw it on there for like, a um, cause I think on film freeway, they, they, uh, Required. yeah, I just made one up. It's called complicated shoes. It's a yeah. Seinfeld reference. Oh man. i I'm not as uh, familiar with Seinfeld. Maybe you could give us the reference. What is it? Oh yeah. It's a, oh God. It was the episode, I forget what episode it was, but it was George was complaining about like modern sort of like modern society. And he was like, Elaine was talking to Jerry about something. Um, oh God, what is it? Oh, I forget what he said, but it, his line was, yeah, it's so damn pretentious, just like everything else, like these stupid uh rock stars with their damn complicated shoes i was like i don't even know what that means but it just sounds funny <laughs> but it sounds like a good production yeah man. right i wrote a bunch of things on like a piece of paper and i was like i don't know i like complicated shoes just yeah so, so uh what films do you have that are currently going to film festivals rotten apple and inanimate objects nice. um i think inanimate objects got a uh, an honorable mention in greece mm-hmm. of all places Cool. Well, they they find you on Film Freeway, mm-hmm. and then they message you like, "Hey, we'll give you like twenty percent off." You should you should apply. Hey. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. Maybe there was only three movies that got. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's a monthly festival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it got. I submitted both. Uh, yeah, Rotten Apple and Inanimate Objects. Um, and you uh, wrote, directed, and edited both of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you would be interested in maybe uh, watching and doing a commentary on inanimate objects. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, have it pulled up on, on YouTube. 
cool on your YouTube. Just so everyone knows, it's it's Complicated Shoe Productions is the YouTube channel. Um, and you have a, a trailer for Rotten Apple on here as well. Yeah. Um, if you're interested to see what that is about. But that's on Vimeo, you said? No, I'm waiting for... Because I think there's a, a, one festival I submitted to where they they don't want it anywhere first mm-hmm. before you, you know... Um, yeah. Stream it anywhere. So I'm waiting for that to end, and then I'll probably put it on either YouTube or Vimeo. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we're yeah. So uh, I'll and, press. Yeah. I was gonna say you're in it too. You're the. Yeah, I, I am. I'll tell you when I edited I that scene where you where you kind of looked over your shoulder like. I I think I watched it like six or seven times because it was just so funny looking. <laughs> it was like the perfect like, yeah, like <laughs> look. It's great. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm a, an actor in the beginning of this in a little, little commercial. Um, so this is inanimate objects and, uh, here we go. I'll overlay it over this video. Uh, let me turn the volume up. Cool. So that kind of ties in with uh, the uh, the sort of tagline of the medication. Oh, sorry. Where it's get back to cloud nine. So that's why I'm like, oh, let's just start with some clouds. That's yeah. free stock footage. Easy. And then to the yeah, and then snowstorm. it's in a snowstorm. Or I tried to make it look like it was in a snowstorm. Yeah. So there's Reagan, who's fantastic, and also Cody, of course. I still want her, but. <laughs> Things just haven't been the same lately. I don't know what to do. The spark is gone. Oh, the voiceover. Well, it's a hard thing to find. It's and called voices.com. It, mm-hmm. You never want it to leave. You can just but whatever you want. Go, tell like the bit people bit on it. Hmm. And this guy Yuri. I'm like, oh, he sounds just like a voiceover for like a pharmaceutical commercial it's perfect Rebrace, yeah the once daily people bid on yeah what, what do you mean by that? they like together. bid to, to like get the job yeah so like if you're like oh I want a voiceover for this I put it for 80 bucks and he was like I'll do it for 50 I'm like deal voices.com yep good to know pretty good yeah pretty yeah and they, they just record it in their home, and then they upload it, and then you download it. And you can give them notes like, uh, do it again, but do it like this. And just do it. Yeah, just your typical parody of medication side effects. I particularly like the uh, bestiality with the picture of the couple playing with the dog. Involuntary masturbation, nymphomania, sensations of desire toward inanimate objects, objectophilia, forgetfulness, bestiality, or even death. It's like that dog. Dog doesn't know what's coming. Contact your doctor immediately as this may be a sign of a more serious illness. Use as directed with a receptive partner to avoid complications. <laughs> Call your doctor now and see Broom and vacuum is a... right for you and your partner. Rebrace. I think I got that from Simpsons. It's called like Sponge back. Monthly. It was like a sponge, it was like a parody of a magazine just called Sponge Monthly. <laughs> it's like, what about Broom and Vacuum? <laughs> so this was shot in Carson City at um, Mark... 
Katie, Mark and Katie Johnson. I think that's the special thanks at the end. Yeah, because yeah. they let us get in there for the whole weekend. Like they left the house and they just let us get in there and just do whatever we wanted, which was great. In We're, exchange, I had to film their concert. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, but it was open bar. So it was good. Nice. <laughs> win, win, win. When you did this shot, uh, where, how'd you get the camera up there? So the really cool thing about this, um, this uh, set was the, it's, so they, the top floor is their Airbnb. Mm. Bottom floor is their shit. So you just up there. So it was just up there and they had this big banister. We just hung the camera over and, you know. I think probably 10 minutes after that, they came back home and she was so pissed. She's like, you guys are still here. And I'm like, I'm sorry. We just, she's like, and she left. I'm like, okay guys, we got to like really crank it up. Um, yeah. So this is Claire. Yeah. Claire's fantastic. She's actually the lead in helpful horizons, which we're filming now. Um, this was my first time working with her. I was very impressed with how, gung-ho she was really putting herself into the role which you know jack to anyone who hasn't seen it there's one scene in particular where it gets intimate Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little gross yeah (laughs) yeah if you're if you're watching this it does get uh it's not graphic i don't know it's a little gross gross. yeah a little gross (laughs) if you don't like vomit maybe there's salty crackers with some Fruit cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you choose the colors for their costumes? Would it kill you to look at yeah, I wanted like a like a like a yin yang type look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the red and the black. Yeah. And that's another thing with like filmmaking too is like you don't have like a costume designer to like get you what you want. And you just gotta make make it simple for their actors, unless you're gonna buy them what they're gonna wear. Unless you got the budget. Yeah. Total recommended twice the normal dose for chronic negatives. Chronic negatives. Chronic negatives. Yeah, I heard that. I instantly think of uh, dope sick. Of what? What's the the term? Uh, uh, breakthrough pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like when they're <laughs> it's like trying this, to get off it. Yeah, uh, breakthrough pain is like this this pain that you they say you have. Oh, you have breakthrough pain. Oh, so you need to take more. Oh, but it's not like a real thing. It's a thing they just call yeah. It. Gotcha. Term. <laughs> oh, breakthrough pain. Yeah. Um, oh, you're chronic negative. You just got to take double the dose. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's just someone who always gets negative side effects. So this is where we had to like, I thought we were going to be kicked out in like 10 minutes. So we had to kind of like rush this, which was probably a good thing because the the guy I work with, Greg, Greg Palmer, he's my sound guy and like just general help. He's got a shit ton of great equipment that he's just, he's like, he's a private pilot as his day job. And he usually flies on the weekends for this wealthy family. Um, but he just has all this equipment that he's just like he just wants to use it pretty much, and he he's just he likes making movies and stuff. So, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Shout out, Greg. Yeah, Greg, love you, Greg. <laughs> that sink was my house. The actual yeah. close up of the sink. Yeah. You practically begged me to take it. 
This it doesn't even work. Oh, this is Nate. I forgot to mention Nathaniel Hinson. He he had a small part in Rotten Apple. That's how I met him through Reagan. And he's just a he's a beast. He kept burping on set though. It was weird. Just burping. It's funny. I like the shot. Yeah, I I was like I need something in there because just kind of that little bit. Yeah, I didn't like the way that looked prior to where it is now. So I'm like, ah, let's just put it in there. Mind. And we were trying to figure out, like, how are you going to make it look like his drugs are kicking in? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, let's just film it and then put, like, an echo on it. And Premiere is amazing. And you just Actually, no, that's through uh, you, Maxon, Red Bullet or Magic Bullet, that um, software. Yeah, Magic Bullet, I think. Yeah, this took a little bit to get right because I didn't want him like too traily. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, jeez. I just thought this would be interesting. Just a nightmare of being in a home that's power goes out. You're stuck inside with someone you really don't want to be with, and then you're fighting with her and like the medication that you've just been like <laughs> essentially her force feeding it to you for like years you know like what could be worse oh there you go <laughs> little post-production puke noise sound good legit <laughs> did he throw it because of me or the pills what <laughs> That bathroom was so cramped. I didn't, I didn't shower today. I've just been so worried. This is another thing too. I had planned out storyboarded. I'm like, oh, we'll do it like this. We'll dolly in and just. There's no way. Like, and then you have to think right then and there, like, all right, how are we gonna do this? Because everyone's looking at you. Poor Wendy. I like the toilet paper roll over his head. This makes me laugh because she's just sort of like, like, oh, come on, let's just give it a try. And he's just throwing up. You wouldn't have kept trying. Walk away from something special. That's true. I think I've actually used that line before yeah, in a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> We're almost there. Who hasn't, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me get it for you. <laughs> Her eyes, right? I know. Sure, just uh, dude. Let me get it for you. Nice. Yeah, Greg had these light bulbs that were all controlled through his. So that's how you got it to look. 
like, like that? Like all just shut off at yeah, once. Yeah, I, I was wondering. Yeah, so that was practical. Yeah. That done in camera. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I was, because I was trying to figure out. He's like, oh, I got these light bulbs. I'm like, what? Fuck yeah, do it. You just got to time it right, but... Sorry, guys. It's the best I could do for fake snow. Yeah, no. When I was watching it, I was like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Great job. But I kind of like the like like slight cartoony effect to it. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I it it's a uh, it's an aesthetic choice. Yeah. It's, it's very yeah stylized. I like some levels of artifice with movies that like you, like you know you're watching a movie. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. When I was editing them, like, oh, it's his penis light. <laughs> <laughs> I was very happy the way we, the way we got it to look for the, the night, like the night shots. Because mm -hmm. I was worried, yeah. I'm like, am I, are my lenses fast enough? But no, it's lit very well. You just need one strategic. It was like a big one by one, and we just put like a blue. Uh, I think uh, it's like a blue filter on it and just I was like oh shit it looks like the moon so if anyone's ever seen the movie The Seventh Continent with uh, it's a Michael Haneke film it was his first film um, that is a huge reference <laughs> She'll be fine. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. Those are all vitamins. I really like the, uh, I love the shot and I love what you did with the music and the, it's like the slight distortion. I, yeah, I reversed it and put it underneath the oh, original. That's what it is. Yeah. Cause the, just reversed by itself, it seemed to. In this rack right here that you do. Yeah, that mirror. was Austin actually. This is, it's so beautiful. And then, and then this right here. Oh, thanks, man. This whole shot. I, yeah, I love reflections, but this whole shot is uh, great. I've been dying to get that infinity mirror effect. I tried to do it on Rotten Apple, but mm -hmm. the the space, we, it, it just, you couldn't do it. Um, and I'm like, yes, yes. The shower, the shower curtain is a mirror. So I'm like, oh, we can do it. We have to do it. I'm not leaving until we do it. <laughs> Just making out with herself. <laughs> She's a junkie. <laughs> NSFW. Well, you don't see anything. He's here. <laughs> I think on set we just kept calling this the whacking scene. Because <laughs> we didn't know if we were going to do it because we didn't know if we had enough time. And he's like, no, man, we got to do the whacking scene. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I've been practicing this whacking scene for weeks now. There's no way we can't. He was very excited to do the whacking scene. I'll say that much. <laughs> Stop, Jack.
He almost oh. broke that table. I am. I got so hot watching you touch yourself like that. No, you didn't. Stop. Just stop trying to force it, Wendy. <laughs> Here's your water. Hmm. Wish I had more fill on the other side for that. Oh, well. It works. It's You get the... the Persona face or whatever. How are you not feeling the things that I'm feeling from these? Never have. All this time, just so I could give you a glimmer of hope because I actually cared about you. This is practical. Yeah, I was wondering about that because it looks it looks really good. We shot. I made fake blood and I brought a syringe and I just shot it up her nose and we just kept do? the camera on her and then she just essentially opened her nose and it just came out perfect. And everyone's like, "Yeah, it's not gonna work." I'm like, no, well, and "Look it, at that shit." It works in the next one too because you see it kind of like go, go yeah. down, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When she this part right here, you see that the blood will drip down this way now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. I was like, that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy how this turned out, this shot in particular. Because we only had one take with this because they just got home. Katie and Mike, or Ma Mark. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> A little nymphomania. What's going just, on? Just, or not? Uh, no, necrophilia, not nymphomania. Just a little, <laughs> just a little implied necrophilia. It's yeah. better. It's better than showing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's always the thing. Is like I was interested to see how this turned out, just because I remember reading the script mm, and being like, yeah, you know, I've I've had scenes like that in things before. Yeah. Where something happens and it's uh, sexually charged in some way that's weird. Yeah. Um, and it's always like, how do we do this? You know, because yeah. like showing it is one thing, but for me as a filmmaker, at least, all that stuff lives so much more prominently in the mind of the audience. Yeah, that's true. And you true. just got to yeah. give them, as you did, a sound. Just give them a or, sound. Or, or, you know, you know it's, a, a close up of something yeah. that's in the room. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's um, some directors, though, they just go like, we're Man. doing it. We're going, yeah, going ham. Ham. Lars von Trier. Yep. Antichrist. First three minutes. Oh, good Lord. The full Defoe. Well, even the ending. <laughs> yeah. You thought involuntary masturbation was weird. Yeah, that, that movie <laughs> goes to a different level. Well, if, I've, also, if you've seen Nymphomaniac. That's one that I'm still, it's still on my list to watch. Uh, my friend tells me all the time to just watch it, but I'm always like, I need a day. Because I know how I feel after most of his films. Yeah. You know? Well, that one is, like, it's not as, like, uh, brutal in terms of, like, con like, well, like, it is brutal. It's just very sexually. Not as graphic. It's, it's, no, it's, like. It's still graphic. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a few scenes I could we could talk, but you haven't seen it yet, so we're yeah. not gonna. You know. Next time we'll talk yeah. about. Yeah. We'll talk about it next time we've seen. Welcome it. back yeah. to the Lars von Trier Hour. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. Um, Let's look at some stills. Yeah. <laughs> now this one, you could see the man's. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, I uh, all I know is there was like definitely a couple of years where I was just on that track of watching films that were. Uh, I don't want to say out there because I know a lot of people who know them, but just the shock value films. Yep. You know, sort of Lars von Trier and uh, Gaspar Noé is yep. the other one that I think of, like, really prominently. Yeah. Um, not to say that they're bad or anything. Like, no. I really enjoy their films. Um, but in certain ways, it's like Ari Aster on a different level. You know, it's a specific brand of yeah. film. <laughs> and um, there are specific people. Like, I, I feel like a lot of filmmakers probably really liked Bo is Afraid. I would hope so. I also feel like a lot of people who liked Midsommar. And Hereditary hated it. Did not. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's my point. Is like yeah. that's a filmmaker's movie. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and plus, and to me, it feels very personal, like a very personal oh, movie. Yeah, no. The whole time you're watching it, you're just like, bro, what diary did you jump into? <laughs> What's wrong get with this you? Stuff? I just want to give you a hug, dude. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, like, I'm Patty Lapone was so good. Oh, in I it. know. Like Jesus. such a good performance, and um, the way that it was structured. The whole movie. I yeah. really, I did enjoy it a lot, but. That animated oh. sequence was like, I was just like. Yeah. The the third act where it, it was so meta too, that part yeah, where it, it just like went in and then he just yeah. like comes back. He's in the play. And he's part <laughs> of the play. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? And yeah, I, I listened to like an interview he had with, because uh, I guess him and like Scorsese are boys. Because mm-hmm. um, I have actually the. Uh, the special edition director's cut of Midsommar, and he wrote Scorsese wrote the, the intro to it. So I think it was like one of the earlier showings of Bo. And he was, they were talking, and yeah, they mentioned. Oops, sorry, they mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, it's like a very, uh, um, it's a very old sort of literary device, that it's like based off of one of the most famous books of all time, which is Don Quixote. It's a picaresque, essentially, that movie, mm-hmm. where it's just a loser kind of guy just going on adventures, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, very weird adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they talked about that section in particular in the film, where it was like... Because I think the second part of Don Quixote, it's like they're learning... They're like reading about their adventures mm. in yeah. the first book. Yeah, I um So Don Quixote is an interesting one for me because I my original like background is musical theater. Yeah. There's a musical called Man of La Mancha. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I know that really well. Um, never read Don Quixote, but if it was anything like Man of La Mancha, um, that that starts out with the writer of Don Quixote being thrown into a jail, and then he acts as Don Quixote and says to all of these people in the jail mm-hmm. all of the stories of Don Quixote and stuff like that. Kind of, yeah. So maybe it's something like that. But Yeah, the the whole book is about a guy who's just he's a he's delusional. He's his whole life he's been reading these uh chivalry novels. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he just gets to a point where he's like I'm a, I'm a knight errant and yep. he goes out and just gets his Sancho Plaza or Panza San uh San Pancho? Yeah. As his Sancho I think it's Sancho yeah, Panza. Sancho, Sancho, yeah, Panza. Mm-hmm. And it's him, and they're just going on these adventures, and it's, I, it's, I, I like, I really like that old type of literature, mm-hmm. but a lot of it's really hard to read. Yes, but that one is 
actually, well, the one translation I have, it's it's so easy. It's the funniest fucking book I've ever read so far. I mean, there's a portion where there's... <laughs> Don Quixote has a potion that's supposed to be, like, for knights that, like, cures him of all ailments. Mm-hmm. And he gives it to his squire. And the squire takes it and it just makes him violently ill. And there's Don Quixote in, like, the first 100 pages, like... He just gets his ass kicked, like yeah. by people and prostitutes yeah. and, and windmills and <laughs> what have you. There's a point where he's like, "Here, drink this, and this will bring you back the strength, and we can like both go on our journey." Mm-hmm. The squire gets violently ill, and he starts throwing up in Don Quixote's mouth, and then he starts shitting himself. I'm like, "Wow, this humor's been around forever." Yeah, this book was written for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I. That idea of like, yeah, that whole meta thing is like, I, I really like that. There was a movie. I, oh, I just saw uh, No Bears. Mm, no Bears. By directed him. by Jafar. He's an Iranian director. I forget how to say his last name. Pahin. Pahin. I think it's Pahin. Mm. Um, it's incredible. It just came out. I think you can get it on Amazon Prime. If you have Criterion Channel, you can stream it there. Um. The, the backstory to his his this movie is like he's he's in he's in prison right now because I think the Iranian government uh, arrested him and put him in jail because they thought his films were like propagandas like anti-Iranian propaganda. Um, but the movie starts with it's meta. It's the most meta thing I've seen. The movie starts. You're like, oh, I'm watching this movie. This is the movie, and then it just. The camp, like the frame slightly tilts and then it just pulls out and it's the director. The director is the lead in the film and he's, and since he can't be on set to direct because he's in exile, he's directing via like face, FaceTime. Hmm. And yeah. so the guy comes up and he's like, Hey, how was that one? He's like, Oh, let's try it this way. And I'm like, what? what's that? It's crazy. <laughs> I just, yeah. And then the whole movie, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You just got to see it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally had another question for you, but I've, uh, I've forgotten. Uh-oh. Um, uh, the Beatles, the Beatles, favorite <laughs> band. Ooh, favorite band, Radiohead. Radiohead. Yeah. Yep. That's, I mean, those are, yeah, both great, great oh, uh, choices. Oh, Radiohead so good. Um, if I were to find you online, mm-hmm. uh, where would I find you? Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Oh, uh, you can go to my LinkedIn now. Uh, <laughs> my LinkedIn is my main source. <laughs> Uh, my MySpace at um. I don't know. I I'm tired, so my my improvisation improv skills are a little lacking right now. But there's my Instagram, which I kind of mainly go through because it's easy to like DM people and stuff. Um, that's Peanut underscore Arbuckle underscore twenty four. That's also from a. I don't know. Maybe. Some people probably don't like him, but a comedian used it as a as like a pseudonym in a skit. It's, <laughs> I should probably change it because it's a little, little, I don't know, it's a little juvenile maybe. Yeah, peanut Arbuckle. <laughs> um, and then my fa- I have a Facebook. It's just Stephen George um, in Reno. There's nothing special. You should see my picture. Wait, no, I have a painting as a picture. Mm. Um. I think you already mentioned the YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, complicated shoe productions. Yeah, I think there's numbers after it. 
Yeah. One something or other. We'll we'll link it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that one that one will be easy to link because yeah. it's on YouTube. And I think my um, Vimeo. I haven't been there in a while just because. I don't know. Have you messed with Vimeo before? They charge yes. you. They, 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 you only get to upload five gigs. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, pretty like Vimeo's like the. I'm a filmmaker, and so I'm gonna put stuff online. Yeah. But the only people who watch it are other filmmakers' yes. website. You know, it's not it's not YouTube where ever it's very accessible to That's, pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've been on on Vimeo. I think I'm gonna yeah. get rid of it. Yeah. The quality I, yeah. is better. And yeah. You can upload, but that was like, I'm like, oh, I just want the best quality. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm paying for nothing. Quality, quantity. On, and, and on the term of like when it goes out to people, you know, I, yeah. there's this whole thought process of, uh, so you get it in the can, mm-hmm. right? But then like, you're never going to be able to actually control how they actually see it because. What are you, a magician? You know exactly what kind of computer or screen they have, what kind of projector. You know, there's so many different avenues that your footage goes through to get to the viewer's eye that at the end of the day, you can put it as the best quality ever, but you can't really guarantee that they will be able to get it in the best quality ever. I know. I I, I mean, I love the fact that you can – you have all the tools in the world now to help you create and make a film. But – Getting people to watch it obviously is the hard part. Oversaturation. There's yeah. so much, and then like you know, it sucks because you know if like if you go through Instagram, right? It's probably the easiest way to go through just to meet people and get followers and stuff like that. But uh, you know, there's an algorithm. Yeah. And if people don't click and like your shit or follow you, it's like it just you have to like you're like really hoping the right person sees it and like gets in there somehow. And it's, and it's a trajectory thing. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always watching, um, the one specific YouTuber, Mr. Beast, cause it's fucking oh, yeah. guy's huge. Right. Yeah. Um, but I've watched a lot of videos just on how he came up and all of everything that he does was based on just click rate. Yeah. Um, attention to, to the video mm-hmm. and his whole goal is just how do I get more people oh, to watch okay. more of the video? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how do I get more people to click on it? Um, and when you look at the trajectory of, of his videos and how he figured out, like, you know, every video I do, yeah. this goes up in uh view duration this much. It goes up in click through rate this much. And like, by this time we'll have this much. Um, all of it was true because he kept on this, this trajectory. Like it, it's cool if you get one viral video, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to go through Instagram yeah. and look at how many views certain people have. Yeah, yeah. Cause it'll be like, they have three views, yeah. at 2 million and then, uh, and, or three videos at, at like 2 million. And mm-hmm. then there are a couple that are like a hundred K and then there are a couple that are like 20 K. Yep. And then if you actually click on it, it's like. For a video that gets 20K views, it might have like 800 or 900 likes. Yeah. So it's like out of 20K people, only uh, what what is the percentage? 5%? I'm chemistry. I'm not Something. Math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, only a certain amount yeah, of people yeah. are actually uh, liking it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in my case, like I put up one or two videos for this podcast before yeah. that have gotten several thousand views yeah. and, I, and for me, like I don't get like tons of views on my Instagram stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see like 3000, 4000, like that's a lot. That's a, yeah, that dude. is a lot. And, um, 
you know, that translates down to the same thing. Like 4,000 people watch it. Yep. It got like 150 plus likes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, how many actual people clicked on the link to watch the podcast, which is the point of the post in yeah. the first place? <laughs> because it's actually the same amount degrading from there. Oh, really? As that 4,000 to 150. Well, doesn't it tell you like where the clicks come through, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it tells you everything. It tells you all the all the statistics are- If someone's are watching on the toilet or there. something. Yes, it knows. <laughs> it, our, our robot oh, yeah. know everything. You have 300 diarrhea watches. Mm-hmm. That's my uh, that's my demographic, pretty much. When people are like shitting, hey. but not just shitting, like really shitting, you know, passionate, passion shitting. They're like, "Fuck, what does this remind me of?" Oh yeah, Long John Silvers, <laughs> which there's still one in Reno and it has been forever. Yeah, it's on Wells. It's been there forever, and it's like it, every single time I pass, I'm like, "Who?" Who it's literally here? just Long John Silver working in there. Who is this for? Yeah, like literally, the employees must go in, open up, and then become their own, uh, their own customers. Because yeah. I never see, I've never seen anyone go in there. Back in Florida, the one campus I was going to, there was yeah, it was sort of like that. There was a Long John Silver, and the one day I just went, I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna go in there. Have you ever eaten there? No, it's not that bad. I you mean, get fish and chips, and you get the little hush puppy. It's a little, like, uh, seasoned dough ball thingy. Well, next time <laughs> I'm in the area, I think I'm going to have to stop by. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, don't. Nope, you've sold me. No, uh, <laughs> Here I go. I have Long John sp- Silver's in the desert. I have a confession. I work for Long John now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a confession. I have stock in Long John Silver. We're really suffering here. I own a couple franchises. <laughs> And got me into it. The fast food's different out here than Florida, though. Mm, what uh, What do you mean by that? So you're right. You have In and Out out here, which is mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. and cheap. I can't mm-hmm. believe how cheap it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, we went we went for lunch already. Double, you get a double burger, fries, and a drink for what nine fifty or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go to Wendy's, you get the Dave's single or whatever. It's still like eleven dollars, mm-hmm. and that quality is so much better. Yeah. Uh, but like all we have out there is like. You know, your classics, your staples, your McDonald's, your Burger King, um, Taco Bell. Uh, but they also they have like a like a southern like twang type <laughs> fast food. Uh, like there's a place called or Zaxby's. Zaxby's. Yeah. I guess it's not really like super southern. Do you, do you got any uh, Whataburgers no. down in Florida? No, it's just That's more. like Texas. Texas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You guys have like Del Taco. Yeah. Uh, what's the other one that's like Del Taco? El Pollo. El Pollo Loco. Pollo Loco, which fucking, oh man, those Tostitos. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that place. And then Cadoba. I love Cadoba. Everyone shits on Cadoba. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Chipotle. I, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's Armageddon and Deep Impact <laughs> within a food version, basically. But like, Chipotle doesn't have ground beef, which. I like nachos with ground beef. Well, you know, Deep Impact doesn't have, uh, what, who is it, Bruce Willis? No, Deep Impact was... Uh, Armageddon has Bruce Willis. Armageddon's Bruce Willis. Deep, Deep Impact was, Mor- I think... Morgan Freeman. Yes, was the president. As the president, yeah. That's the only person I remember from, from Deep Impact. And, There's uh, an asteroid. There's an asteroid coming down. Like a Twinkie. Like a Twinkie. 
Like a Twinkie. We don't actually have Bruce. <laughs> we don't have Ben. <laughs> they, can, um, they can't save us. I don't think I ever saw Deep Impact. I saw Armageddon. You know what's weird is Armageddon mm-hmm. had a Criterion release. Damn. Getting old. <sighs> Which well, is weird. Yeah. was Is that a Michael Bay? Yes. Yeah, no, it, it reeks of Michael Bay. That's in my memory at least. Did you ever see the South Park episode where they were making fun of Michael Bay? No, but it's I like, should yeah, watch it. Yeah, then this one thing. Explosion. Yeah. <laughs> explosion, explosion, explosion. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, there's a really good uh, film series. Maybe maybe we could leave off on this. There's okay. a film series that I watch or have watched um, on film theory where they use Transformers. Oh. And they go through the original Transformers, Michael Bay, yeah. and go through every single type of film theory mm-hmm. and use it to explain it. Um, it's really good. It's really, really out. good. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll link it. It's by this girl named, uh, I think her name is Meg. Okay. Or, uh, yeah. Meg like Ellis or some, something like that. I'm mm-hmm. probably, uh, paraphrasing it. It's been a second since I've seen it, yeah. but you know, there's, there's just like really fascinating, like she just describes, especially the one on feminism, okay. um, because it goes over like where are all the female Autobots, you know, <laughs> that's like one of the things. And then like how um, my favorite one was how Megan Fox's character in the first one, if you look at her in the script, mm-hmm. is arguably the most sensible, okay, the most well-rounded character right Mm -hmm. actually has an arc actually has skills like she's like i'm the mechanic i can fix cars i have this backstory with uh my dad and i didn't really have like a great upbringing and blah 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 you know and whereas uh shia labeouf's character is just like this whining blabbering idiot yeah and then it kind of goes into like this is how michael bay sees his viewer his main viewer is the shia labeouf character and that's how he sees his audience, you know, Probably. Um, and all of the and the female character, the one uh, Megan Fox's on page persona mm-hmm. is completely eclipsed in the visual art form that is film, because all you see is this hot girl on a fucking car <laughs> inside of it and you see it from Shia LaBeouf's perspective too so it's like she's talking about how she's fixing the car she knows exactly what to do look the carburetor and then juxtapose that with like his actual POV of just looking at her body right Um, (laughs) oh my god and him saying how like oh yeah I like to go fast but if you like just took her lines you'd be like wow this is actually like a really put together 3D character almost it's just that the actual visual uh, aesthetics and like and the audience that is made for is not that Jesus it blew my mind it's no, it's it's crazy. Like it's really good. Every time I watch, I've watched it a couple times. Every once in a while, mm-hmm. just be like, that was a fun video. I should <laughs> I should rewatch that. It's and it's the bueno. beauty of film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your sub- people's subconscious gets into their filmmaking. Yes, and then there's like always something that they, you know, rely on, like Lincoln Park or Green Day, in Michael Bay's. Instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just constantly playing the same oh, one real song. Real quick, another thing you should do if, like, if you're into, interested in filmmaking, yeah. is watch bad movies. Yeah, you gotta watch. Like, I grew up on Mystery Science Theater. Nice. Mm-hmm. I just, I still go to sleep to it sometimes. What are What are some of your favorite bad? Oh movies? Oh my god! Well, they're all from 
that kind of, but like bad movies. I remember I saw 300 with some friends. Yeah. And I was like, the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's weird because I remember seeing 300 in theaters and I was just a teenager at the time. So I was like, this is so cool. It's just the kicking movie. Yeah, it's just the kicking movie. It, <laughs> and it, it's the same way that I felt about Sin City when it came out. It's mm. just like such stylized yeah. graphicness that like, uh, and I believe both are Frank Miller. Yep. Um, so, it, you know, they both lend themselves to that same kind of aesthetic. But when I watched it as a teenager, I was like blown away. And then you watch it as a 20 year old. And it has quite a different yeah. impact, you know, because you're no longer a teenager. You're no yeah. longer like, this is the coolest thing ever. You're like, this is kind of over the top. Yeah. Why is and everyone it, ripped? Why is everyone <laughs> ripped? You know, there's a, a version of 300 called the 300 Spartans mm-hmm. uh, that I watched growing up that I like way more than 300. Okay. And it's because when you watch it, it feels like it could have been more real okay you know yeah yeah like it's not it's not set up on this like cliffside gorge thing it's just like it's like in the countryside you know and like they're they're like building you know uh forts and whatever and Mm. and um like being normal ish yeah like it it feels it feels more real especially when you see the persian army and it's Mm. just like laid out and it's just like fucking thousands of men it's not these like we're gonna show you scene by scene specialized troops of the Persian army so we can really hone in how diverse and cool this huge uh, army is plus Um, in 300 everyone's gorgeous yeah they're beautiful or they're disgusting. It's one or the other, right? Oh, yeah. Like, there's a... Yeah, all, I haven't all, seen it in a long time. The guy, the hunchback guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Who in the original one is like, that. that is a guy in the original one, too. Like, that's the yeah. real story of the 300 is that guy did exist. But, oh. you know, he didn't look like... I think he was deformed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, or there's something about him. You know, there's something about <laughs> yeah, him where yeah. they were like, no, we're good. He's and, a Greek myth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it all is, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... What are you gonna say about three hundred? Sorry, I just like no, no, you're took good. It. That that's pretty much you did take it. That's yeah. where I was gonna go. Yeah. I'm just gonna steal what you said and say, I, yeah, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, but like the, I don't know. That's the thing. I've trained myself not to go to bad movies anymore, or movies mm-hmm. that I think will be bad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really looking forward to Oppenheimer. Yeah, but biopics usually suck. Let's mm. be honest. I don't know. Uh, the best one it is Christopher Nolan so that's why I have hope and because superhero films usually suck but also he made all the Batman that's true so you know it's like it's one of those things where it's just like usually this is bad but you've done me right in the past yeah so yeah I think yeah there's only like two biopics that I think could be that are worthy in my mind which ones Mishima Okay. A Life in Four Chapters, directed by... Uh, That's on my list. Paul I, Schrader. I, I literally have that on my list. It's amazing. It, somebody told me it's like one of the perfect film. Yes. That's what they said. And I was like, okay. It's I'll a perfect it film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the one I haven't seen, which I hear is really good, is Shay. Mm-hmm. The biopic on Shay. Um, God, let me see. What's this? Shay Guevara? The... I'm bad at names. Fucking... He was, I forget. I think it's Cuban. Yeah, Cuban. Is I don't know. I. I've, che. Oh, the Che um, Guevara. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I yeah. Know you're talking about yeah, the yeah, shirt yeah. rebel. Guy. Yeah, and yeah. he has. He's in a lot of um, 
Rage Against the he, Machine. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I was about to say a lot of artworks, a lot of different artworks, and he's usually wearing a beret. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and he has a little beard. Yeah. yeah. Some uh, kind of curly, yeah. longer hair. Yeah, I, I can. And a green jacket. Yeah. Usually. But Soderbergh, yeah. Steven Soderbergh, directed a, a biopic on him, which I hear yeah. is like amazing. Yeah. And apparently, people didn't like it mm. when it came out, or they just didn't really like. Oh, whatever. And that's why he was kind of like me. I'm kind of over it. I'll go direct Magic Mike. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I want, I'm gonna make some money now. Oh, real quick, Rage Against the Machine, uh, sponsored by Target. What's up with that? That's not. Wait, the, what? I don't Are know. They? I just it's a joke. Is that happening? I think at one point they had a uh, they sold out. They had a record that was like exclusively sold at Target. I'm like, not really Raging Against the Machine. That's Are you guys hilarious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah, just uh, I don't know. I don't even know what's in theaters right now. The uh, last thing that I saw was the new Spider-Man, and I must say, I hear it's pretty good. It's is so worth watching. Really? Okay. Uh, yes, and um, reason why is because the first one that came out is uh, is basically the new animation style. Yeah, like that is what they are using for most anime stuff mm-hmm. now. They did it with the Puss in Boots movie, mm. and now the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. They have this like kind of comic booky style that they've yeah. taken from the original uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. So this one across the Spider Verse, they've taken the aesthetic where they changed it a little bit in the first one, okay, and upped it on such a level that like the artwork of this film has to win an Oscar. I, I bet it will. It will it, for sure. And um, like there are two parts that I think of specifically. Mm-hmm. One are these scenes between Gwen Stacy and her father where the background looks like watercolor. Oh, wow. And it, it looks like it is actually dripping um, in the scene. And also like, that and one of the scenes where that watercolor effect was happening, one of the characters started getting like kind of confused and, and you know, didn't really know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And they used this like art aesthetic where they started putting, um, I'm trying to think of the type of artwork. It's like there's this one um, kind of abstract thing where they use shapes to like make ja- pieces of jazz uh, stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's like those pieces okay. like all around him, like yeah. moving around. Mm-hmm. So it look, he looks like puzzled and confused. Like oh, they wow. use so many different arts. And so that's, those scenes were really good. But then also the, uh, the punk Spider-Man, they used all of this, like very punk style. Wow. Everything. Is it like practical? And it's, or is it's it, like, or not practical, but like, it's like it looks like somebody took uh, magazines and clipped it oh, out wow, and geez. put it onto the actual screen. I heard it took like five years or something to make. Right? It took that character specifically took like they they had oh, to wow. take like the whole thing took five years, six years or something. Jesus! Like I read one sequence took like three or four years to make because there's like several thousand Spider Men in this just chasing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the Spider Punk. Because he has all those like clip art type things, mm-hmm. you know, that are more in that um, punk rock kind of style. Yeah. That stuff I heard took another two years Jeez. on top to overlay it because it's a different artwork. Yeah. But but I, I digress. There are so many different artworks <laughs> within it. Every Spider-Man has their own style of artwork. Oh, wow. That's really – yeah. Um, it's very worth seeing. It's very worth seeing for sure. Okay. Yeah. I might yeah. have to give it a shot because I think the last Marvel movie I saw was like – the first Doctor Strange. Yeah, and I've 
now have this uh, opinion. I've had an opinion for a while now, at least, where Marvel movies suck, right? Yes. They're not they're not the best. There are some that are fun. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Endgame and thinking, well, that's it now. It's named End. It's literally named Endgame. It's so, in the it's the titular line. So why are we why are we continuing with this? But we're continuing because Disney doubled down. Yeah. So so it's we are money. all now forced to. Well, do now that you have a multiverse. Well. You can now do anything. Have, now that they can do anything, yeah. they can just keep going forever and ever and ever. Um, the Hulk c- could come back as like I don't know Mussolini. As Ed, exactly Mussolini Hulk. Mussolini Hulk. That's a that's <laughs> you should keep that in your back pocket. Um, uh, but. The, the point of this is I now, after seeing all the Spider-Men, have thought about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think that I just don't like live action superhero films. And I don't yeah. know if it plays into me coming up on cartoons and being yep. very into animation. But I will say that even as an adult, if you were to put on a cartoon, almost any superhero. Yeah. Especially ones from back of the day, like the Justice League stuff, yep, yep. any of the old Spider-Man cartoons. The old X-Men. The old X-Men. I love that shit. And all of it is really great. I I never questioned it. I never yeah. said this sucks. I always said, I really like this. It, cool. it was only until the live action stuff yeah. when I started being like, okay, this is getting out of hand. That's not uh, uh, fucking uh, Wolverine. That's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And, you know, that see, that's the thing, too, is like it sucks because the original X-Men movies were pretty good. Yeah, I I enjoyed the superhero stuff. But once again, does that go back into when I was coming when I was growing up? Probably, you know, like I like the original Spider-Man because I was 12 when it came out. You know, (laughs) I like the original X-Men's because I was a teenager, just like with 300 and all these other things. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's like. I like animation. Mm-hmm. I just haven't like. There's been nothing that's like been like oh, and like like that animated sequence in Bo was great. Like I like that. Mm-hmm. And then like as far as like anime, the only one I really liked was uh, Akira. Yeah, yeah. Was, you should check out Ghost in the Shell. Oh yeah, Ghost in the Shell. I liked mm-hmm. Akira, and um, there was another one that was perfect like blue. perfect blue. Yeah. yeah, those are those are like the cla- those are like staple yeah. anime movies that everyone like. You should definitely see. But this then though. like there's like these like million series. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's- yeah, and I, you know, <laughs> yeah. So with to those, I would say, if you have time, choose just one, just one, and just get through it because yeah. a lot of them are the same story structure. But I think that there is something to Eastern story structure versus mm-hmm. Western, mm-hmm. especially like you had mentioned uh, the Odyssey, the Iliad. Yeah, I was bringing up once uh, that you know those are very hero's journey s things. Yep. Not to say that the East doesn't, but I feel like they are more communal rather yeah. than uh, focused on the, the self, the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's evident in a lot of the stories that they tell, yeah. and a lot of animes have this very reoccurring kind of thing where it's like main character, uh, main character has a couple friends, meets a bad guy. They all fight. Bad guy kicks their ass. Then they come back as a team and they defeat the bad guy. But not only do they defeat this person, this person then reconciles with them, becomes their friend, joins the group, and then that new larger yes. group goes off to the next bad guy, yeah. and they repeat the process over and over and over again. And is more about the collective and how yeah. they do stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Whereas something like the Odyssey, 
the Iliad, yeah. you know, that shit is about Odysseus. Yeah. yeah, he has a crew when he's leaving the Trojan War, but they all fucking die. And then he's on a, an <laughs> yeah. island for years. Crossing and, the river sticks know, and everything. It's, it's and all just... about him, like, it's all about him coming back, being an old man and nobody yeah. knowing who he is. It's all about him, the one yeah. person. It's not about his crew. They are expendable. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why those were like, they, I don't know. They probably, that's why they still hold up and they're still like revered as much as they are. Mm-hmm. Or it's mm-hmm. like, I think anyone can kind of, I mean, obviously there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in it with like, you know, mythical creatures and shit, but yeah. it's like, you know, it's just like hyperized storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think everyone can relate to stuff like that. Yeah. That's yeah. why I think Bo was like, I don't know. He, he, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go with that. Yeah. Shut down. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Go, watch, go watch one anime. Go watch like, uh, you know, I still have to finish it, but Attack on Titan. You ever watch that? I, I had the roommates I used to live with back in Florida. They were obsessed with it. Um, yeah. The the first. It freaked me out. First couple. Se- it's it, big mouths. Yeah. No, it's it's some scary shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they eat people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's that one's pretty tight. I've watched all of Naruto. Oh, that wow. one gets up. That's a lot. Yeah. And uh, if anyone was like, oh, I wanted to watch. It's one of my l- favorite long tour, long form stories mm-hmm. because there's so many generations of characters and they all play into oh, one another. It's like Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it It's like that. Um, a little less. I feel like Doctor Who is a little like all over the place, yeah. though. It's a little less than that. But uh yeah, I think that everyone should go through at least one long form story like that because I thought I knew long form story, and then you watch Naruto and you're yeah. like, "Oh, I don't." Because there are two series. It's there's Naruto, and then there's Naruto Shippuden. Jesus, you know, and like one of them is him for like from ages like twelve to sixteen, and then one's like sixteen to like adulthood. Jesus, and then they've now made Naruto, which is like his kids and shit. So it just keeps going forever and ever and ever, right? Yeah. Um. You can just, if you were ever going to do it, yeah. just like, or any anime series, you could probably do this. Just type in the name of it and then say canon episodes only. Jesus. Because there are so many filler episodes because yeah. <laughs> they do this, they do this thing where they base it off the manga mm-hmm. and then they get to the point where they've caught up with the manga. Oh, that's right. They, but then they have to mangas keep are like insanely producing, long, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have to keep producing stuff. So they're like, we'll just do some filler episodes where literally they go on an adventure. Nobody learns anything new. They just like talk with some random characters that don't matter. That'll never come back. Or it's just like the main Shit. character needs to go get an oil change. What was that? The main yeah. character just needs to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, like, I gotta get the beach day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I gotta get uh, my uh, barn door fixed. I'm going to go to home Depot and it's just that episode. And they just, yeah. The and, it, and it has episode. nothing to do with being a ninja or, or yeah. you know, whatever cool reason you watch it. They or the episode where he gets, he gets food poisoning. Yeah. It's just 30 minutes of him on the bowl. Just him <laughs> throwing up yeah. and then getting better and be like, I'm going to eat again. Yeah. And and yeah. He's like, Oh, I can't do it this time. Yeah. Stay tuned for next episode. What will happen? Does he take Pepto? He does probably. Yeah, he does. He just gets better. It's just food poisoning. Um, <laughs> was was there anything else you wanted to plug on here? Anything um, we can put up for you? Yeah. Um, I have my OnlyFans. No. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's literally just G-O-F. fans. Just fans. And you just look at them. Um, let's see. I mean, I, 
right now I have like a pretty good little crew that I work with. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg, uh, David. Yeah, Dave Schmidt. Dave Schmidt rules. Dave Schmidt is he's yeah, great. Yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. Um, Greg Palmer, and then obviously Claire, and like all the local actresses. Holly, is it Lorge or Lorge? Lorge. Lorge. She's fantastic. Um, yes, she is. But I'm always looking to like, you know, I for people who want to, you know, mm-hmm. not just like I don't want to say like, hey, help me, but you know, like. Crew, crew, cast, cast, art. I, I would love an art director. Yeah, because I can't do any. I mean, I I can you know doodle, mm-hmm. but like, um, actually, I met uh met and he's gonna work with me as a Caleb. Caleb Temple. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had Caleb. Yeah, those doodles up oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, I see. Yeah, he nice. Did, he yeah. did those uh, for us live here. Actually, he literally just like did all those. In oh, cool. Minutes. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. I see his things on Instagram. I'm like, Jesus, dude, you have like another one and another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Caleb is uh, very reliable. Yeah, for sure. He. Everyone knows Caleb. Sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's great. I mm-hmm. met with him like face to face the first time a few weeks ago, and he's going to help me on this current project because we have a. Uh, we're going to use some plaster masks for some stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's going to help me with the um, the look of the masks. Mm-hmm. He actually sent me some sketches of, you know, what it should look like. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so if someone wanted to help you, they should just Instagram. Instagram. Find me on Instagram, Peanut Arbuckle24, or Facebook and just DM me. And then um, my social is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, another question: What kind of um, like just send? Should they just send you a reel, or just just say, "Hey, what's up?" Like mm-hmm. I do this, and you know, uh, yeah, I guess just you know, kind of tell me what you do, um, right? Because the the more people you can have on a set, or, or just working on a project, it's like. Mm-hmm. I would come home if it was just me working. I'm like, I just fuck. I have to take like a week off. I'm exhausted. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, But now that I have people helping me, it's a lot easier. But yeah, if you just reach out, if you're interested, you know, I might take a little break after this one I'm currently doing because I got to finish up my my schooling. Um, But I'll probably still do little things here and there, try and get a little experimental with some stuff that's quicker and easier. Um. And yeah, it's. I would love to make a feature, like a feature feature, mm-hmm. with money. Do you have any written or any in your back pocket scripts? I am current. So the project I'm working on now, we're going to use this as a proof of concept for the feature that is going to be like pulled from the short. Because mm-hmm. the short was just the short, mm-hmm. and then my good friend Austin. Yep. Austin, love you. Hey, Austin. Um. He said, yeah, you should make this into a feature. I'm like, okay, I want to, but I've never written a feature. So I'm dealing with that process of like starting from something small and then like trying to expand a whole world around it. It's a lot harder than you think, especially if you're like, oh, I t- yeah, I can just expand on this. And it's like, nope, <laughs> there's, there's a lot more stuff going on. <laughs> I got I got two books for you. Yeah. If you wanted or uh two resources. One's like a book podcast combo. Okay. And then the other one's just a book. But uh have you ever heard of uh I'm sure you have On Writing by Stephen King? 
Yeah. Is that a, is that like a how to? Or no, is it a it's novel? literally, it's a novel. Okay. It's literally just on writing. That's okay. what it's called. First hundred pages, very autobiographical. Okay. There are some good things in those first hundred mm-hmm. pages. The second hundred pages, 50 pages are like dense with information. Oh, really? And yeah, he literally says like, I don't like bullshitting people. I don't like giving them fluff. Mm -hmm. So like past a certain point, it's just like info. It's like here, here is the exact info you need. You don't have to read around this Mm -hmm. on just concepts of like, interesting, you know, like he doesn't like using, um, adverbs, I believe. (laughs) And he like tells you why it's like stuff like adverbs, stuff like that, you know? Um, his is more on like a novel sense, but also there are certain things he says, like, you know, certain, uh, like the other resource I'm going to tell you about tells you, you have to have a beginning and an end and then you fill in the middle. He's much more, you just start and you write and the characters write themselves. Exactly. So exactly. that's why I kind of want to say both of these. Cause I feel yeah. like his philosophies are much more realistic yeah. to how you should write. He also says like, you're writing for yourself mm-hmm. and the second you give it to someone else, it is no longer yours. Exactly. You can't just let other people read it yeah. unless that's your process and you have somebody. But honestly, the second you let someone read it, they are going to take it yeah. and they're going to skew it away from your vision in whatever way because it's impossible not probably to. Probably he was so pissed when Stanley Kubrick took The uh, Shining. This, yeah, he was like, just wait like, a minute, this isn't. But yeah. he's like, you made it so much better. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. It's classic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so on writing, highly suggest okay. that book. It's like, 250 pages or something. Yeah. Um, and then there's a podcast called The Story Grid. The Story, the Story Grid. Grid Podcast. They talk more about novels as well. Okay. But a lot of, you know, they have at certain points talked about movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a whole one on the book, The Martian versus the movie, The Martian. Oh, okay. Um, and just like different how how they did certain nice. things. Yeah. But that one is much more of the, you know, you have a start, you have a finish, you have an outline. Okay. And then it talks uh, essentially about the hero's journey, right? But more in this way of um, the positive and negatives on the timeline that is from A to B mm-hmm. and being like, okay, you have your character and uh, you introduce to the normal world, right? Yeah. And they're going about their day and they have a job interview and they go and you can either make it so they get the job or they don't. And it really doesn't matter if it's positive <laughs> or negative. Yeah. It matters if it's positive or negative on the whole. Like they can get the job, right? And they can go to that job and maybe that starts off the next couple chapters of what you're trying to do. But at some point you need to make it so that becomes a negative experience. Oh, right. Like at some point all the positives have to equal out so that they go to negatives so that you have texture throughout. Okay, I see what you're saying. And so that it's not all just in one way unless that's kind of the point, right? But they just talk about stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. about how to even it out Mm -hmm. with with story beats and how to look at all the story beats as like a A, B, C, D, you know, Um, which I've found that one really interesting too because they'll they'll talk about archetypes, they'll talk about genre, you know, obligatory scenes within genre. That's the biggest thing that I got from the story, (laughs) the story grid. Yeah, so they talk about things like the thriller Mm -hmm. and there's an obligatory scene in the thriller that, uh, happens at the end where the bad guy has quote unquote died, but they haven't. 
right? The bad guy gets pushed off the boat. Yeah. And then right near the end, last five minutes, the bad guy comes back for one little last hoorah, right? <laughs> They're ba- they didn't actually die. Yeah. And that's the point. That's an obligatory scene of a thriller. It always happens, oh, right? Well, yeah. That'll always happen in a thriller. And there's stuff like that in every single thing. Romance, meet cute. End of Jason, the first one. Jason, uh, where you've, yeah, Pops yeah, out of the water. yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. With a horror, it's all, at, at the end of every horror, it's always that yeah. unresolved, um, that unresolved scene where everybody is safe. Yeah. First they show everyone safe that survived. And then they show one person just like back in the terror, the end of <laughs> yeah. uh, Friday the 13th or not Friday the 13th nightmare on Elm street gets sucked through the window. Yeah. You know, and it's that last beat. That's mm-hmm. just always the horror continues. Exactly. You know? That is an obligatory beat within the horror genre. Yes. Is that just for like plot device or is it just the, the way for, for, so they can continue? The... It, it's so people can identify the genre. Gotcha. It's so you can mix genres as a cook. Okay. Um, and it's so you can subvert the expectations of the audience because these beats exist mm. they are they are stones to whatever you're going to do that's true so if you're having the hero at the mercy of the villain scene mm-hmm. which is very much an obligatory beat like this yeah. is every single james bond movie you've <laughs> yeah. ever seen right if you yeah. have that scene how do you make that new that's that's really the point of knowing the obligatory yeah, beats that's true is how that you, you can you can start from that structure that place mm-hmm. and then expand upon it. Right. Yeah. And then you can start like many filmmakers of our day, taking the genres and blending them exactly. and, and starting to do it. So, you know, you have a thriller, but maybe they're expecting you to have the villain come back and they don't. And somebody else comes back. Like you just have elements of things in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The story grid, it's a podcast, Okay, yeah. Uh, but I got the book, as well, after I listened to the podcast a couple times by a guy named Sean Coyne, who's an editor. Is and he shiny? Yeah, he's shiny. <laughs> uh, uh, and I really enjoy a lot of his um, terminology because okay, yeah. a lot of it in the book, he's like, I use it as an editor to just talk mm-hmm. to writers okay. about scenes. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's his own language, but obligatory uh, scenes are like, that's his language. I didn't make that up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's. Mm-hmm watch a movie <laughs> and yeah. you'll just you'll see it over and over and, and that's the other thing he says is like as long as you've watched movies your whole life mm-hmm. you probably know it all yeah. you know he's like you're probably going to be listening to this and things are going to click like oh that's what that is yeah. you know because you've never been explained to that that's what that is but you know it it's there as long as you have had an adamant passion and love for movies your whole life you probably already are a great storyteller seriously just, that's yeah, I mean, PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Never, he went to film school. I think he dropped out like in three weeks. He's like, I've seen enough movies. Yeah. That, his film school was watching movies his whole life. Obviously, he had a someone who could help him. He had some ends. <laughs> he had some ends. Um, but yeah, but like Tarantino, right? He was just... Blockbuster. He just, yeah, blockbuster. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, if you got a passion, if you, you know, f- that's your school. Mm-hmm. Plus, nowadays with YouTube, you can look up any, like, how do I do dialogue in a scene? Yeah. Oh, you do, you know, you got two cameras, do it like this. You got one, flip it, do it, two takes. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. And then, yeah, then it just comes down to, like, what your certain, like, you know, depending on what story you're trying to tell, but, like, your aesthetic. Mm-hmm. 
and then usually your aesthetic is an amalgam of like like oh i really liked this scene in you know 2001 space odyssey or i really like this scene in hereditary i'm just naming mine mm-hmm. or i really like this scene in uh fucking persona and like you just it, it just comes through it's like it's all subconscious really mm-hmm. it just always comes through with 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 anything really i mean all right not to get too philosophical but i'm just it's your influences will always kind of i think come through your work mm-hmm. no matter what and i think yeah. if you if you veer from your influences it could be brilliant or it could be shit I don't know. <laughs> Might be ingenuine. Could, could be ingenuine. Yeah. Because, you know, your influences, there's a certain thing they're saying that connects with you. And it's like, okay, I see that they can do it like this. I think I can do it since I feel like we're like in Sepatico or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, and it helps you if you have money. <laughs> that does help. Yes. Because then you just hire people and be like, hey, can you do this for me? That's. That's but it's key. almost like uh, if you if you do like indie filmmaking, like just doing it, whatever, like fuck it, I'm gonna do it. It's like uh, you're like uh, what's his name, Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. You're doing everything in the in the restaurant, mm-hmm. and then yep. if you make it, you're like, oh, I know how to do everything, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep, and mm-hmm. like I know how to delegate, and you don't have to be bullshitted exactly. to anybody. Yeah, and you're like, oh no, that lens sucks. I know what this lens is. Or yeah, yeah, so. I have one last question, I think. Yes. If uh, you were to give any advice to a starting out filmmaker. Alcohol. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to do it, just do it. Uh, that's how I did it. I'm assuming that's how you did it. You're just, mm-hmm. it, believe me, it's going to be terrifying your first time. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you have to walk up to people and be like, hey, um, I'm going to make a movie and I want to shoot here. Like, you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And you know they're just going to look at you like, it's sure, whatever, or fuck off. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, besides, you know, making a movie, it helps you, like, talk to people. Mm-hmm. It it can be a really good confidence booster. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hardest part is getting out of the car. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know... Facing your fear. I mean, it's not like a, it's not a fear, right? It's just, you know, it's a scary thing to do because it's, you know, you're putting yourself out there. Maybe something you write, you feel like very attached to and it's very personal and like, you don't want people to see that, mm-hmm. but usually those are like the best movies though. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to do it. And if you want to do it, there's nothing stopping you because you have cameras like that, which is a great camera. Everything shoots 24 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Don't make that rookie mistake shoot 24 frames unless you're making like a commercial or something mm-hmm. um and just write something and just you know the first thing you do like i had to do was when you get the camera and you get everything set up it's like what are you trying to say in this shot and there's just so much more going on than people think when you frame up a shot you know um i'm kind of rambling but uh that's probably the, the best advice is if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. Find a way. Just find a way. You can yeah. use your phone. It's all in the phone. Editing Steven Soderbergh shot a movie with just his phone. Yeah. I, I, isn't iMovie free? Yeah. Yeah, if you if you have iPhone stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and you can find other free software. Like they even have like a free version of uh, Photoshop and stuff. What's mm-hmm. it called? Like, I don't know. Is it Canva? It's like Jitmap or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, there's there's free versions of free versions everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's always going on and on to me about uh, DaVinci Resolve. I'm thinking about trying. I might switch to it. And yeah, and they've basically said that it's just way better with color yes. specifically. Yeah. Um, and that it's free. And I'm like, oh, but I want to learn all the new hotkeys. It's free if you just get like the basic version, but, mm. but it's like 295 for like the Pro, which has, I think, all the features you want. But yeah. it's still like, what, Adobe's a subscription service now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of I kind of like and I really hate. Yep. It gets you everything, though. Yeah. It gets you everything, but it's like, I only really use Premiere Photoshop. I we I use Premiere, I use Photoshop, and with this we use Audition. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Audition for this. Great, yeah. But past that, it's like my computer's not good enough for After Effects. Yeah. Really, you know, I watch people do After Effects oh, yeah. tutorials, and they'll be like, "That'd be cool if I could do it," but it'll it'll fry. Yeah, yeah, it'll fry my computer. Yeah. I only got a terabyte on there. But don't let that deter you if yeah. you want to go make movies, because you yeah, don't really no. you don't need. I mean, sure. Yeah. The, the the quality of your equipment doesn't matter. You know, like the some of the highest ranked things on YouTube are literally the shittiest video quality <laughs> yes. you could imagine. Yes. Uh, yeah. And like, you know, if you're a student, specific, especially because I'm a student, I get f- free access to like I, good cameras. Yeah. You and R, right? You know, yeah, you know, yeah. Nick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Nick's mm-hmm. great. He's yeah. helped me out a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's a really great resource, right? Exactly. Yeah, Nick, definitely. And then uh, the guy who works next to him is Luca. Luca mm-hmm. Starmer, I think. I haven't, I haven't met him. No. I've Luca's been, every really... time I'm there, I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm usually, go, like the last couple of times I was at UNR with Nick, it was like a day when nobody was there. Oh, and we I just like went in yeah. to do some coloring for some stuff. Yeah. And especially like, you don't need to be like a film student to use that shit. You, just a student. Yeah. Just a student. And then they have a whole, you know, editing room mm-hmm. with like yeah. 20 with... new iMac Pros. Yeah. It's really, it's great stuff. Yeah. And they have a, a club now. They have a film you club. You know film club. Mm-hmm. They've helped me out too. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're just, great resources. You know, it's, yeah, great resources. And they just, everyone, that's another thing I've learned too is people just generally want to help you out. I mean, if it's totally, you know, inconceivable to use a certain location or a certain, you know, whatever, they won't. But like, usually people want to help. Mm-hmm. Like, I got the Piper Opera House for free. Yeah. I've, ever since I've been there, I'm like, I want to shoot here. I want to shoot something in here. Mm-hmm. And now I have the opportunity to do it in like two weeks. I'm still kind of freaking out about it because I don't know. <laughs> Get it. Just bring a lot of batteries. Supposedly haunted. <sighs> we don't have David that day. Yeah. But we're not really going to move stuff, camera around that much. It's going to stay mm-hmm. pretty static. But, yeah. And all it took was me calling, hey, what's mm-hmm. going on with Pipers? Mm-hmm. Before, I would be like, eh, I can't mm-hmm. do this. No, you can. Just gotta ask. Never know if you don't ask. That's true. I think that I did ask one time. They're like, "Yeah, it's like three thousand dollars for the day." I'm like, "Well, I totally do." <laughs> well, that that that'll be that then. Yeah. Um, I think that that we should probably wrap this up. We've been rambling. Yeah, but it's been fun. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. Of course, man. Thank you again. Um, this is a great opportunity, and yeah. We'll be working on something. Again, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, your, the commentary was fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> doing that every time. It's, it's nice. Yeah, that was cool. I was, yeah. you know, talk about my favorite subject, me. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just um, joking. I'm not that vain. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for joining us. And until next time, au revoir. Bye. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Awesome, dude. That's it. Yeah. Good shit. Oh, I am so tired.